Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on His side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. All right, happy Thursday, Las Vegas. Great to have you with us. I'm excited for our program today. I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to The Frittle Show. I'm pretty much excited for our program every day, but today we have one of our favorite special guests joining us to discuss uh, a couple of things that I think are really going to be of interest to you, including the success of Unplanned, the movie, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's recent videos and more so Renita will be here in just a little while and we will talk about those things but before she comes a couple a uh, couple headlines will go over first off USA Today had an article this weekend about how the conservative takeover of the Supreme Court has been stalled by John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh's bromance isn't that something I don't know what that something would be but apparently it is something did I mention that I'm Crystal Heath and this is The Frittle Show? I feel that I did, but I may have forgotten. And then I just realized I may have forgotten. Anyway, so USA Today, that bastion of conservatism, note the sarcasm, people, uh, is apparently concerned by the fact that conservatives aren't taking over the Supreme Court. Shocking, that one. Look, guys, it was ne- <laughs> Okay. To anyone who actually thought... That just because you put people on the court who don't have a liberal leaning, that that means that the country is going to mysteriously, miraculously recreate itself into some bastion of conservatism just because of who's sitting on the Supreme Court. First of all, that was never going to happen. Okay, the purpose of the court, believe it or not, is not to dictate the direction of our society. Morally politically, or any other way. The purpose of the court is quite simply to interpret and apply the Constitution in a constitutional fashion. Sometimes we like that thought, sometimes we don't, just depending on how it goes. Now, as a conservative, I'm not going to lie, I've been a little concerned with, uh, with some, of the, some of the bromance that USA Today is hinting towards here. I mean, since uh, Kavanaugh's appointment, Roberts and Kavanaugh have only not voted together in one case uh, out of 25. That's literally every case that's come before them since Kavanaugh joined the court in October. And the two of them, as a bl- voting block, if you will, have been more likely to side with the court's liberal justices than the other conservatives. I don't know what the reasoning is behind this. I didn't, I mean, now they did serve on the same uh, D.C.-based federal appeals court. Um, and, you know, Roberts was a Bush appointee. Uh, Kavanaugh served in the White House under Bush. So, I I don't know. I, I have some theories on this, but I don't really want to dive into it. I Neither one of these guys was my first choice. It's been surprising to me that Gorsuch has taken a more conservative view in some issues than Kavanaugh has. That one I wasn't expecting. I think it'll be interesting to see moving forward uh, how how Kavanaugh carries out uh, his responsibilities. I don't think that we see another Supreme Court vacancy prior to the 2020 election. I think that those who are currently serving on the Supreme Court will do their utmost, uh, everything within their power, in fact, to ensure that uh, President Trump does not get to appoint another justice, at least not during his first term. I think for us to see any uh, real, I hate to even say political change on the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court is not supposed to be political, but for us to see any real change in, in that regard, I think that the president will have to appoint at least one more. And I really hope it's one of the Lee brothers personally, but you know, never know what's going to happen. And if Trump loses... In the next election, well, that that could mean the end of the world as we know it in more ways than one, not just because of the Supreme Court. I'm mostly just kidding. Uh, mostly just kidding. But, um, okay, uh, in Iowa, 
I'm just trying to get through a couple of these headlines, like I said before, uh, before we transition to our conversation with Miss Renita. But in Iowa, uh, Bernie Sanders, that bastion of socialism, which, by the way, AOC, who we're going to talk about in a few minutes, <laughs> she tweeted, I think it was on Sunday, she tweeted, uh, if socialism is so terrible, uh, then how come Bernie Sanders, a socialist, has done so well in America? Well, because he's living in a capitalist society, and oh, by the way, he has maintained 90% of his wealth. If he really thinks this is a great idea, have him give away 90% of what he earns and move to a socialist country, and then we'll see you know, what it's really like. The reason it works for him is because he doesn't live in a socialist state. And he's employed by the federal government. That helps a lot. But anyway, in Iowa, uh, campaigning for the presidency, Bernie Sanders stated that states should allow felons to vote while they are in prison. I, I, uh, he said that, uh, see, Iowa, Iowa is, is considering whether or not to start restoring voting rights to felon who have completed, felons who have uh, completed their prison sentences. Bernie Sanders is taking this thing a step further and saying that those that were convicted of felonies should never have lost their right to vote in the first place. He was asked at a town hall meeting whether those who are in prison should have the right to vote. Uh, only, by the way, his home state of Vermont and Maine allow felons to vote from behind bars. He said, quote, I think that is absolutely the direction we should go. He said, in my state, what we do is separate. You're paying a price. You committed a crime. You're in jail. That's bad. But you're still living in American society and you have a right to vote. I believe that. Yes, I do. Elizabeth Warren said something similar. Uh, she was on the campaign trail, was asked the same question. She said that felons who have served their time deserve uh, to be restored their voting rights, but said that she stopped uh, short of saying that those in prison uh, should be able to have the right to vote. So I thought we would have a little brief conversation about this, okay? Because if you think about it, just on, on the surface, it's like, yeah, you know what? They're Americans. They should have the right to vote even if they're in prison. So they stole a candy bar. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be able to vote. Granted, that does seem logical. But let's let's think this through. Perhaps there's a reason why this measure has been in place, okay? I, I Just a funny feeling on this one, but I think maybe, maybe, if someone is not willing to follow the law themselves then perhaps they should not be the ones determining what the law is for everyone else. Right? I th Could be just me, but that's what I'm thinking is, is, a, is a fairly solid foundation for us to stand on. Right? You break the law. Why do you think you get a say in the law that everyone else should follow when you don't even keep the laws that there are? Then, of course, there's the issue of not everyone in prison is just there because they stole a candy bar. In fact, I don't really think anyone is in prison because they stole a candy bar. I'm just using that as a silly example, okay? That is a silly example. I, I acknowledge that. But there are people in prison whose crimes against, you know, humanity may not just be crimes against a fellow citizen. It may be a crime against our government. You might say, well, nonviolent offenders. Okay, well, technically... Uh, not all treason or espionage or voter fraud or, or public corruption or white-collar crime or Wall Street... Well, I guess that would be white-collar crime. <laughs> there are lots of crimes that land people in prison that aren't violent and that aren't necessarily against their fellow citizens. So do you want those... Uh, are we just going to make this blanket statement of anyone in prison if they're an American should be able to vote? Well, what, what if they've actually been selling uh, our data to the Russians? I mean... We hate the Russians, right? Like, this is what we've heard for years. But now Bernie Sanders is like, well, if they're in prison, let's give them the right to vote. Okay, so, like, the Trump associates, if they had been thrown in prison, you want them to vote? Liberals? I'm just, it's just a, just a genuine question I'm asking. Also, for those that are like, well, by doing this, they're disenfranchising the voters. And just because, just because someone is in prison doesn't mean they shouldn't have the right to vote. Just because they're American, they should have the right to vote. Well, if just being an American gives you the right to vote, then those under the age of 18 should have the right to vote. Children should be able to vote. Um, do, do you have to be a citizen or just living in the United States to have the right to vote? And just let anyone vote. What about those who are mentally incompetent? They, too, should be given the right to vote. 
I mean, you think there should be a minimum standard of responsibility for someone to have the right to vote. You can't just say, well, because they're an American, regardless of what they've ever done or what they ever will do or where they're at or who they are, they have the right to vote. So, Renita, you just walked in. You have no idea what I've been saying, but I'm going to let you tune in here, okay? And just jump right into this conversation, and then we'll keep going. Actually, we'll take a break, and then we'll keep going. (laughs) So, Bernie Sanders, campaigning in Iowa, uh, was asked if those that are currently incarcerated should Mm -hmm. have the right to vote. Have you heard about this? I have not heard about this. Okay. I've heard of this concept before. So, in Vermont, which is where he's from, and in Maine, those are the only two states that allow felons currently in prison to vote. And Bernie Sanders is like, yes, we should just let anyone in prison vote. I've been going through here talking pretty much to myself because, you know, there are people listening, but really you're just sitting talking Mm -hmm. to a microphone, so it's really like talking to yourself. (laughs) Now that you're here, it's not as bad. But um, first of all, my thinking is this. You break the law, you probably shouldn't have a say in the laws that other people have to follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that doesn't really work for me. I, to me, I think that my opinion on this issue, being in the position that I am and having met all sorts of different people, meeting people that are recently released from prison and people who have, you know, been on probation for a while, have just expired from their probation... Um, I think that people who have been in the criminal justice system and come out of the criminal justice system, um, a lot of times I feel like people have a different perspective because they've been on the other side of the coin. I don't think that it gives them like any extra special revelation, but I think that sometimes having been in that doesn't necessarily negate your ability to think as a human um, being sure. or not like a human being, but like a Responsible knowledgeable, citizen. yeah, a knowledgeable person on these issues. But what I don't, what I so you're talking post prison, post yeah, rehabilitation. Yeah. But getting to your issue when you said um, people that are currently in prison, um, I thought that was a punishment. You <laughs> see, <laughs> like, <laughs> if you are so to the point where you're we as a society deem that you cannot even be out on the streets with average everyday people because you are such a danger to society that you need to be locked away. You shouldn't have the exact same rights as I do determining what I get to do with my life. You obviously don't care about the rules or else you wouldn't have broken into my house and tried to stab me. (laughs) Um, So I don't think, just imagine what the repercussions could be. Like, Say, for example, in a place like California where they decide, okay, let's pass this, which they did, you know, let's pass this resolution that says we just lower the levels of violent crime and the punishment for those things. You know, this is not really a violent crime Hypothetically, anymore. those that are in prison would be like, oh, yeah, support that let's measure. say let them all out because they're good people. And, the, you know, the whole <laughs> argument, it doesn't mean I'm not a human being. Nobody said you weren't a, a human being. They just said you weren't a good one. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, yes. you do. Well, that was and that was Bernie Sanders' point was just because you're in prison doesn't mean you're not an American. And as an American, you should have the right to vote. No, no, it can't be just a blanket. You're an American. So you get to vote. That's not how it works, because then My children should get to is, vote. Yeah, exactly. he's an American. He's an American. So he would he, vote free goldfish for everyone. I mean, I might. Well, no, because someone would still have to pay for it. But yeah, that's true. If we were a socialist society, then I would vote for that. Except he I would wouldn't probably be able to vote. just vote for free goldfish only for himself he would be like okay no mine and then <laughs> <laughs> bernie sanders would be like no <laughs> he'd be like I goldfish for your sister too he'd be like no <laughs> all right so we agree this is not probably the best idea i i i i agree with you though i think there does need to be and it, this differs from from different states but i think there does need to be um or there can be at least looked at how we work with the system and rehabilitation and re- restoration of rights post prison time. Yeah, it's I the issue of in while prison. you're incarcerated. While yeah. you were incarcerated, while you were on probation. Yep. You know, yep. and I think that it's called the right 
to vote, but it really should be the privilege to vote. Sure. Right? Because I think that, actually, I know that voting comes with a great privilege because you get to determine who gets to be your state senators, your U.S. senators, who's mm -hmm. going to represent you, who's going to decide. That's what you get to do when you vote, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a say in what the goings-on are of right. your community. And in every society and all throughout the past, that's been a specific privilege that's been assigned to certain peoples. Now, do I agree that certain people shouldn't have had the right to vote? Uh, obviously, as a black woman, no, I don't <laughs> think that... <laughs> Um, the way that we decided that was perfect sure. in the past, I think there was a lot of things that were wrong with that. Right. But or even as a woman. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been disenfranchised mm -hmm. repeatedly by this country <laughs> in the last 30 years of your life. But I, but your point remains. Yeah. I, I, I do think that we should understand that this is something that is a privilege and not everyone should get to have that privilege the moment that you step into the country right mm -hmm. and that's that's the thing that why are you you really have to think about why would a person say well let's just give criminals the right to vote you mean um johnny who they just pulled out the street for stabbing someone you know while he was on drugs you want that guy to determine mm -hmm. you know what happens well and if you think it through logically not even those who propose this i think would uh, support it if they thought it all the way through no i think because but but mm -hmm. besides the guy that just stabbed somebody that were given the right to vote you know there and and some people won't like that i say this but i already did before you got here so i'm just going to say it again there's some people who were associated with like president trump that you know maybe in prison do liberals want them to have the right to vote? I don't really think that they do. Well, the thing about it... If it President Trump was in prison, do you think they would want him to vote? I don't feel they would. But they're <laughs> just... Because they think... They're counting numbers, right? And sure. they... This is what... This is what kills... Wait, what are you implying, Renita? What I am implying... No, I'm not implying anything. I'm saying <laughs> that the reason that they want these people to vote... and. They're pushing. And by people, you mean criminals who are in prison. Well, no, there's a lot of people, right? So the reason that <laughs> they are saying, no, 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 it is. The reason that they say, oh, I want criminals to vote. I want people who literally just stepped foot in this country legally or illegally to be able to vote. Sure. And, you know, I don't want repression of the vote for X, Y, Z, one, two, three, because blah, blah, blah. People shouldn't have to no have IDs no IDs when they're voting. They should. I mean, you should just they should just walk up and you say, what's your name? My name is Susie. Got it. Here's your <laughs> ballot card. You know, like the reason that they want that is because they is that they think that these people are all going to vote for me, right? So the th the reason that they, yeah the reason that they do that is because they assume that the men they assume the negative mental capabilities of these people. So they don't think yeah. that other people yeah. will be able to think other than what they're telling them. Right. Right. So right. they say, oh, I'm going to give you free stuff. I'm going to do this for you. And they automatically think, oh, you would never think anything else. You could never possibly look at both sides of the issue and decide which way you're going to go. Sure. You're automatically going to fall in line. And to me, that is the highest form of bigotry. We've talked on the show before about the bigotry of low expectations. They really mm -hmm. don't expect people to be able to think for themselves. They just they just don't. And to me, it's hilarious. Now, that I think they may be on to something there when they want to lower the voting age to like 16. I, you know, I, I, mean, I when it comes to the sixteen-year-olds, but scientifically, <laughs> they're dummies, right? That's I basically mean, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so and, and and that's not an. If you are sixteen years old and you're listening to this program, you are smarter than the average sixteen-year-old, and I am not talking about you. But she <laughs> is, though, because <laughs> the thing about it is, the wisest people realize that there's a limit to their perspective sure. so every president every leader every great military leader even 
everyone that has any source of wisdom or has any measure of wisdom knows that they don't have a they realize that I can't do it all myself. A foolish person thinks I will be wise when I get to the point where I can make decisions by myself. A wise person realizes when I reach the magical number of 18, I will have all of the world's wisdom and know better than my parents <laughs> and be able to tell them that without repercussions. That's so what I a foolish assume. person thinks. A yes. wise person thinks the more responsibility that they have, the, m the more that they realize that they don't know. So once you're realizing stuff that you don't know, oh, I did not know. Oh, I, there are so many things that I don't know. When you get to the point where you say, there are so many things that I don't know, then you are on the, you're opening the door to wisdom. So to, if you're like, hey, but I know stuff. I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't <laughs> know anything. But you just realize that there's a lot more that you can learn. So wisdom, you know, you'll know. This is a hint, you know, if you're 16 or younger, you know, um, say, when will I get to that point of wisdom where people will respect me and respect my opinions and start treating me like an adult? Like, you know, because I'm not a dummy, people will start treating you that way when you say, hey, I know that I don't know everything, but here's something that I do know state your opinion and then listen to someone else who has a different opinion than you and realize that your opinion could be wrong their opinion could be wrong or you both could be like you know the chinese men and the elephant you're looking at the different parts and you're saying this elephant is like a tree no it's like a fan well maybe you're both right and maybe you're both wrong you don't remember that story i really don't I really don't put an elephant and a fan together, but this is the, the perfect the segue. Ears, oh, the, the ears. ears. I was ears thinking the like trunk, and I was like, I feel like that would His be disgusting tail is like more a than. Snake. Okay, His yes. Legs are like gotcha, a tree the trunk. ears. I wasn't thinking yeah. about the ears. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so essentially, we're still waiting. This is a great segue because your whole point just feeds right into the fact that we're still waiting for Bernie Sanders to achieve this point of wisdom, I think. And also the famed AOC, who we will discuss momentarily when we return stay with us this is kvxl 101.1 fm experience liberty radio from the rebaptist church in las vegas okay so we are back renita was making such a fabulous point i didn't even want to stop but we had to stop because uh, we have to take breaks we do have to take breaks we really don't because we can do whatever we want but <laughs> i have determined <laughs> that we must that we must take the breaks uh, so you were saying that wisdom is when you realize there are things that you don't know and that you are willing to not just present what you do understand, but also be willing to learn and to grow and to be able to hear the other side of a conversation and actually have a conversation and not just be confrontational but the fact about that you everything. Say, I mean, th this is, I just, I hate to use this term, but I really don't like when people say, Let's have a conversation. Let's have a dialogue. Okay. Yeah, but I don't. Why I'm do not you saying a dialogue? Mm -hmm. I'm saying it's where if you're willing to learn, yeah, like what you're saying, if uh, presenting your point and then being able to hear an alternative point is a conversation. You're right. You're right. And I think before you have that conversation, there's like a fundamental baseline, right? Mm -hmm. If you were going to say X, Y, Z, like if I'm going to say that grass goes grows better when you water it there would have to be some foreknowledge sure. right yes right so you would have to have seen grass growing yeah and the effects of water on grass mm -hmm. yeah if you live in las vegas you may or may not be aware of this <laughs> <laughs> but i think the one of the problems today is that people will make assertions and they'll say this is what i think this is based on my life experience. Honey, the world did not start turning once you were thrust into it. There have been other people before you. And the good thing about that, even though you weren't there to experience, they have these things called books. And they also have this thing Wait, called... Wait, with real pages? With real pages. Or with are online. a screen. Oh. They, they even have the Googles. The Googles? The Googles, yeah, yeah. Wow. And... I just, it's just so funny when you say something to people like, you know, it, you don't have to, be, I don't believe you. You don't have to believe me. You can just Google it. I don't have to Google it. Um, you would think if you are right, 
right? That you could simply Google it and a wealth of information would confirm your point. True. In some instances. I, I Overall, the, the point would be correct. But, I mean, you could also Google, is Tom Brady a great quarterback? And there would be all kinds of support to that, but there would also be detracting yeah, articles. Yeah, opinion, you know? Like but see, but that's where some people would disagree. Some people would say, no, it's a fact. And I can find 50 Google articles to support my fact. Other people would say, no, that's a falsehood. And I can find 50 Google articles to support my falsehood. So just my point is simply, just because Google supports or doesn't support doesn't necessarily mean that something is true or not. That's true. But if you're looking for, if you are in a conversation with a person and the person says, okay, just Google what I'm saying. If you're trying to disprove what they're saying, there are certain words that you can put into a Google search engine that will prove your point, right? Because there's a thousand articles. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. Google... People don't know how to use it. <laughs> you, Google, you can make Google say whatever you want it to say, though. They so. make it say your thing. <laughs> but, I mean, don't say, I don't have to Google it. Sure, yes, <sighs> yes. Be willing to actually do the research. I get that. The standard, though, of faith and practice would be, what does the Bible say? Is this true or is it not true? Because, I mean, I'm sure if we Googled right now, we could find an article about how grass is not actually green. By someone somewhere. Yes. Everyone knows that this is not true, but it'll be there. Um, hello, have you been to Kentucky? Have you heard? Bluegrass? <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. I hate you. <laughs> But okay, so lest we stray too far off topic into the realms of whether or not Google is evil or or good, which I, I happen to think that Google is good. I love Google. I'm not bashing Google in any way, shape, or form. I use Google literally every day of my and life. And you better not say that because they are listening to us right They now. are. They are. <laughs> they listen to every episode. They do, yeah. <laughs> and they make ad recommendations. <laughs> that is creepy. But anyway, um, we won't get into the creepiness of Google ads and how cookies track you everywhere. And people stop clicking yes when the website says, we use cookies to track your every movement. Is that okay? And you're like, oh, yeah, accept the cookies. Stop it. Don't do that. Crystal, please focus. Sorry. Can you please offer me some cookies so I can <laughs> accept it? <laughs> That's the thing. They uh, shouldn't have called them cookies. No. They should have called them Brussels Why sprouts. Why do you think they called them do cookies? So everyone would be like, yes, I want cookies. Mm, yeah. No. Yeah. Your, your, your point, though, was going to segue so well. Oh, you were talking about, um, before the break, wisdom. you're talking about wisdom and, um, no, 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 that's not it. Getting to the point where you don't know anything. That, but before that, uh, I forget the phrase that you use, and I love the phrase, and I'm having a major mental blockage, where you are assuming that people won't be able to think for themselves, oh. won't be able to make their own decisions. It is... Low expectations? Low expectations. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the phraseology. And I feel, and I feel... In my vast wisdom. <laughs> that that is where a certain political figure is at right now with her campaign of life and subjecting us to her life and thoughts pretty much on a daily basis. For example, I can't really speak to this because of obvious reasons that are visually apparent if you could see me. But she addressed a crowd of individuals. Oh, yes. Go and um, so she thought that in addressing this group of individuals, that it would be wise for her. Crystal, let me just stop you right there. L let me break it down to you people. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Ms. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got herself in hot water because, I mean, Miss. Ocasio. I don't... This is just a <laughs> side rant. Side rant. Okay, so if you are a Hispanic Latino person, you usually have more than one name, sure, right? yes. But the first last name is your dad's last name, and then the Not second Not actually last your middle name? What? No, no. <laughs> the second last name is your mom's maiden name, right? Yes. So, you can Which, by the way, confuses me all the time. No. Well, just think about it. If it's but she's actually Hispanic, so she should understand this concept. Yes, everyone should understand this this concept, right? Well, so 
<laughs> and I understand, anyway. like, these are, like, your given names, like, you know, your, quote, government names, right, that you yes. use. But it just it's just something that bothers me with, you know, people who claim to say, oh, I'm a certain nationality or whatever, and I represent these types of people, but <laughs> I don't speak the language. Um, and... <laughs> But yeah, so you would just go at a certain point, you would just be, if you were talking to someone that you were more familiar with or that knew you, you wouldn't keep using both of your last names. Most of the time, you just are they your, even both her last names though? Yeah, they because are. It's, okay, it's the family lineage. So dad first, then mom. Okay. Yeah. So you would just use so. What's your mom's maiden name? Hammond. Hammond. So, oh. Thanks. Now everyone knows the answer to <laughs> yes, all of my I password questions. Get a credit card in your name <laughs> and your social security number. One nine two six seven. So you would be Crystal Heath Hammond. No. Wait. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you would be Crystal Heath Hammond, right? So at a, we know each other. So. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't keep on saying, hey, oh, you know, Crystal Heath Hammond, Crystal Heath Hammond, Crystal Heath. I would just say Crystal Heath, right? That, because oh. that's your name. So, okay. I mean, I get that your name has recognition at a, at a certain point. But if you're just talking to people that you know, why are you still doing that same thing? At a certain point, you can... Also, my hashtag wouldn't be nearly as cool. Like, AOC works, but KHH is just like... K-A-H. You, you K-A-H. barely can say it. <laughs> That's like... Oh, back to the point, yes. K-A-H. <laughs> See, you can't even say it. K-A-H. K-A-H. <laughs> so, um, she was talking to a group of predominantly black people or i think all black people i think so yeah yeah and so she was like ain't nothing wrong with and then she started naming these um just just go for it just go for it yeah it's fine. she was like ain't nothing wrong with serving the food people want to eat Ain't nothing wrong with, and I don't know exactly what she said, but basically like washing dishes, sweeping up floors, and bleh. ain't nothing wrong with being a house slave. Um, hello. I mean, I'm know not your audience. For, <laughs> I'm not sorry for being controversial here, but it is true that oh yeah, flipping burgers too. Like, it is true that there's nothing wrong with having a career sure. in. Um, and a lot of those jobs are significant stepping stones for people that are just yes, getting but started. These, the all the jobs. The thing about it is, right, there's nothing wrong with that. But the only jobs that she mentioned were low-wage jobs. And then she, the thing about it is she was saying it kind of like in an accent, like, ain't nothing. Oh, she did I a whole accent. She did a like, whole who, accent. That was not talk, anything like. And the thing about it is, like, she'll. She will do this, and a lot of other Democrats will do that. She'll be like, "We call them liberals. We don't, we don't politicize liberals." Yeah, yes. sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. I I apologize <laughs> to everyone for all the things. Yes, that a covers the entire <laughs> show. All right, go ahead. A lot of Leftists. other liberals. Other liberal people will do that. And some that are not liberal have done this in the past, too. Politicians, as a general rule, have a tendency to do this. It's very frustrating, though, because it's like you'll see this same exact person and then they'll go on, you know. Oprah. No, they'll go on, let's say, you know, (laughs) I don't know. Who insert white person here's show right and they'll be like jimmy kimmel yeah they'll go on jimmy kimmel show hi my name is alexandra ocasio cortez and then she'll stand in front of the you know um latino insert cause here blah 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 my name is alexandria ocasio cortez (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm latina okay don't speak the whole entire sentence like Hello, my name is Alexandria. (laughs) 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 Come on now. Come on. Like, to me, that's so insulting. That's so insulting. You don't have to pick out a few words that 
you know, only people who are not of that nationality or don't speak that language naturally or aren't familiar with it realize that these are words that are from your vernacular. Like, oh, can I have the number three burrito? Like, come on, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Just, but that's basically what they do politically. Yeah. And that's what she was doing. And it's insulting. Politi- yeah, it is. It's insulting. And I feel like people should be insulted. You shouldn't. In my view, you shouldn't say, oh, this person is the same color. Oh, they should be exactly like me. That is not true. Right. And if you're Especially when you're not even of that nationality, <laughs> I mean, like just being born a certain color doesn't mean that you understand or have anything to do with that. It's more about the cl- cl- most of the time about the class that you grew up in, like a lot of the views that you hold. That's why we as Christians can all come together around mm-hmm. one cause. And it doesn't matter what race we are. It doesn't matter what our economic status is. It doesn't matter any of those things because yeah. we have a common goal. Right. And so when you divide people like that and the whole idea of addressing people in this way is to divide them. Right. Because you're like this. So we'll talk to you like this, because Mm -hmm. this is the only language that you can understand. You can only understand. I wouldn't, you know, throw out something like, you know, you you wouldn't go to that. She wouldn't go to that. Say give that same speech in a crowd full. of. She wouldn't give that speech at Harvard. Yeah, she wouldn't. Yeah, she wouldn't give that. Or at Google. Not even at Harvard or Google when you're talking about upper class. She wouldn't give that speech in Iowa. You know, yeah, and say, but the thing about it is, you're looking at the pretty much if you if you want to say that speech, like you wouldn't say that, you would say, okay, you guys are hardworking, blah blah blah, and all these good jobs, and you own your own homes, and blah blah blah, and you turn around to these people, like, oh, what color is she? Okay, um, now I'm going to tailor my thing. Mm -hmm. Don't you wish that there's nothing wrong with I? There's nothing wrong with being a, you know, burger flipper. Ma'am, I'm a doctor. It's okay. You don't have to lie. I can see you. You're clearly not a doctor. You don't look like one. You know, like, Mm -hmm. what is that even supposed to mean? Sure. You know, it's like saying, listen, all of you people, and then going to the utmost stereotype. You know what I mean? Like, we are fighting for all of the... Um, Indian gas station owners all of like, come on now <laughs> thanks like, Joe Biden <laughs> like mm-hmm. come on that's that's and it's funny because it's like oh yeah that's a stereotype that I saw in some silly show right. on late night but, but it's but happening exactly by specific politicians <laughs> all the time and with her and I normally don't we I, I normally try to avoid even discussing her because I think what people don't realize is we are giving this woman so much attention which is exactly what she wants that she's just going to continue to propel herself forward in this political career that none of us want to see, I think. I, like, even Nancy Pelosi doesn't approve of the way things she is doing. So it's okay to say this. I think that most people outside of New York are not a big fan. And yet, here she is, just generating news, generating news, generating news. But and she's really good at in it. in New York. Well, you know, we could maybe just if we chop off California and New York, just let them just let them go. That's what I, I say. Know. Except that we would lose Disneyland, which I would that would be sad. And my family. Well, yeah, <laughs> it might have to be sacrificed. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> wow. But Fine, she talks I'm down your whole like this. Family into New York, <laughs> not that far. <laughs> but she talks down like this. Not just it's not like that's a very blatant example of how that she does this sort of thing. But then we were just discussing the other day, and that's why the main reason I wanted to have you on, and that's kind of segued because she decided to go ahead and do this too. She she records these videos of herself on social media all the time, just like ranting at the world. And her latest one, well, it's not latest anymore because it was this weekend, but the latest, most interesting one was the she just is, first of all, the camera angle is terrible, but I won't even get into that. <laughs> But she's assembling her Ikea furniture and explaining to us all how, you know, it's okay 
that I make mistakes because I'm 29 years old. And oh, by the way, I'm the youngest person ever elected to Congress, and that's awesome. And because that's awesome, I'm just awesome. And so everything that I do is awesome. And even if it's not actually awesome, that's okay because I'm 29. So if I make a mistake, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll just fix it and we'll move on because I'm 29. So I'm allowed to make mistakes, and someday I'll be fine and normal like the rest of you. So just deal with it because I'm 29 and I'm allowed to make mistakes. And that's basically her entire like 30 minute social media which rant is in a nutshell. I'm I'm 29. I'm going to make mistakes. Deal with it people. It's like it's hilarious. One What? Because 29, I hate to break it to you, ain't that young. You're not that young. Exactly. Right? It's not that Thank young. You. It's not that And you I should, don't mean that. Uh, I'm not saying that anyone Wait, wait, wait. Can we just pause for a second? Yeah. Also, when you <laughs> My favorite of her videos before we found out, you know, so emphatically that she was 29, was when she posted a video. She literally posted a video saying, in essence, this is a paraphrase, but saying, they, we have to work in Congress. We get to work <laughs> at like 8 a.m. And some days we don't leave until 6 or 7. When am I supposed to have a life? Like, you're in Congress. What did you expect? There are normal people working 12 hours. And by normal, I mean people that aren't serving in Congress. Working 12 hours a day. Like, you work, like, three jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I work... I mean, 12-hour day is not, it's not that, that abnormal, yeah. first of all. And secondly, what did you really think you were going to go to Congress and work, like, what? Two hours? Like, what did you she expect never was going to happen? Yeah, she, that's what she said. She had never had a real oh. job before. She's like, I never had health insurance before this very moment. Well, oh, maybe way, because you were apartment. working three hours a week. Who is going to give you health insurance? Okay. Ain't nothing wrong with flipping burgers. <laughs> Go flip burgers at In-N-Out. They'll give you great health insurance. That's right. Or make some coffee at Starbucks. Or Don't support their mission on many things, but they do treat their employees very well. Or work full-time at McDonald's, even. Like, come there on. There you go. Yeah, if there you are ways. Worked full like, I didn't have health insurance. Well, maybe you should have been completely dedicated and working full-time. But it is not acceptable to be but serving okay. in Congress, letting us all know that because you're 29... You're going to make mistakes, and the rest of us just need to deal with that. Yeah, and I'm not, not saying, cool. just um, FYI to the people there who are like, man, for 29, you're saying that's old. I'm not saying, tw I am by no stretch of the imagination saying that 29 is old. Sure, yeah. Right, but I'm saying it's that- It's old enough that you should have a, I'm not going to say that, that was really mean, that you should be <laughs> responsible, put it yes. that way. Yes, and the thing about it is that when you look at- you know, a lot of research that's been done, um, you know, like, by, like, Jonathan Haidt or, like, different people that have been... That do the research. That's, that do the research. You will... The research people. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you will see that we are trying to further adolescents and further adolescents yeah. and further adolescents, you know, and they're like, I'm only 21. How can you expect me to, I don't know, have Function your life together? as an adult. Exactly. People in this country just a few years ago were like having whole families when they were like 16. Yeah. And I'm not saying that a 16-year-old, because our culture is different. I'm not saying that right. a 16-year-old No, but even in 1960, the average age that a woman had her first child was 21. Now it's 30. So, yeah. And so the thing about it is, like, we have to stop having these low expectations and say, oh, she's only 29. She's only 29. She, I mean, how could she possibly yeah. know? Well, and then she projects those low expectations onto others. Yeah. And the thing about it is, if you're going to, it's just so, one Th so the first thing is that 29 isn't that young, right? It's you should really have not. learned um, some things. You should have, you know, read mm, some books. And you should have had a job. Yeah, you should have had some a kind. real job. You yeah. should have had a real job because she graduated from college, right? Yeah. So, and it's like, but I couldn't find a job, so I just went back to my hometown and became a bartender. Well, that's not, that is not an But example. even bartending, though. Bartenders tend to do fairly well. So mm -hmm. it's not like, especially once Obamacare came around, now everyone can have insurance. So there's no reason that you can't be taking some of that money and go get yourself health insurance. Like, I, there are people mm -hmm. that are working in jobs where 
health care isn't provided for them for whatever reason. And it's, I would say it would be a real job. It just isn't coming with health insurance. But if you're at that point, you should decide. You should be is- able to have it on your own because you're making like even bartending. I mean, because I, you're 28. I feel like like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm, I'm a 28 year old female. Maybe yeah. I should. I don't know. Have some coverage. Yeah. You know that. To me, it's like these are the decisions that you should be making. Right. Right. Like I was paying for my own health insurance. Make well, I won't tell you what I was making, but it was below poverty level for even myself, just as a single person. I wasn't taking any benefits, but I was paying for my own health insurance. Like it, it can be done. Like you can be an adult. I don't think that she like she's saying these things as like, oh no, look at poor me. All I'm hearing is. I make terrible life decisions. I make terrible life decisions. I make terrible life decisions. And now and I'm and serving in Congress yes. for you. Congratulations, <laughs> and the thing about America. It is like she talks like this is what everyday Americans go through, and this is a problem. Yes, it is a problem that people make terrible life decisions. Maybe we should change that instead of saying, because you make terrible life decisions, we're going to make up for it by taxing people who don't make terrible life decisions. And giving felons the right to vote while they're incarcerated to me that's just but now she's dominating our whole show so we can we need to wrap this up summarize what we've been saying because i really want to talk about something else but we only have like seven minutes left okay cool 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 basically what i am saying there's two basic takeaways i don't think that we as a society should base our the way that we vote and the laws that we make based on the negative, right? We should yeah. think the highest of people. We shouldn't think low expectations. Well, people aren't going to be able to save their money. So obviously we can't cut back on Social Security because there's no way that we could possibly save our own money. Or and you know what? And th- what's really interesting, I'm just going to throw this in here real quick. It's easy for us to project that on AOC and people that are just being outrageous. But that starts with individuals yep. that mm-hmm. starts with families that starts with parents. Mm-hmm. Parents need to have higher expectations yep. for their children in their home. Yep, that's why side lives. note, I chores, do- responsibilities, start that child making his bed when he is 3 and can I know. (laughs) And I totally disagree with the little Facebook meme that says, you know, uh, school should be teaching a basic finance course in their classrooms. Like we shouldn't be teaching algebra. We should be teaching. No, 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 no. Basic finance or home ec or anything like that. Why can I not cook when I come out of high school? I don't know. Ask your mother. Sure. You know, yeah. like that's the thing. And it's yeah. not like a not that j- there's like that's fine if you want to have home ec in school. But ultimately, it's the parents exactly. responsibility to exactly. instill basic life exactly. skills and responsibilities exactly. from a young age. I remember when I was in high school and like me, <laughs> me and my brother made dinner for our family. Yep. They threw it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> but you got it done. Yes. But we got it done. Right. Yeah. And so like. We knew how to get it done. Right. right? Oh, yeah. No, my parents. Uh, oh, my goodness. My parents. They had us on a budget with envelopes like we were mm-hmm. doing. It wasn't. It was before Dave Ramsey was popular. It was back when Larry Burkett Money Matters was a huge thing. I think Dobson was pushing the envelope thing or something. I don't know. But you know, we had we had six envelopes. And then there was, you know, an envelope for tithe, an envelope for giving, an envelope for spending, mm-hmm. saving, clothes. Mm-hmm. Like our basic clothing was bought mm-hmm. for us. But like if you wanted a pair of Nikes that you didn't necessarily need. You're just going to be saving that clothes money for the next three years until you can afford it, right? Because you're only getting $3 in that envelope a month. Anyway, <laughs> so, so you know, and we had, we lived on a farm. We had goats. They were our goats. They were our responsibility. You got to milk that goat. You got to feed that goat. And let me tell you what, when it's a blizzard outside, you don't want to go milk that goat. But it's bad things are going to happen if you don't. One to the goat and then two to you because you're going to get spanked. So you, know, you got to take care of that goat. But then when the goat has babies... That hundred bucks or whatever you sell the goat for, for you. that goes to you. But you're going to divide it up in those envelopes because we're teaching you how to live on a budget. And right? that's, yeah, that's what we should be, that's that's what what we we should should be, be doing. teaching at home. Right. And I think that we can't complain about any of our institutions not teaching X, Y, Z or one, two, three. If we like, aren't why don't doing it at yes, home. Yes, we aren't doing it at home. All right, good. We're just going to, I'm not going to let you say the second point because I still want to, <laughs> I was thinking that the bulk of our program would be about this next topic and okay, then we would just go, sort of tack this on the end, but it flipped. So we went to see Unplanned, the movie, last week. Yes. We, we need to talk about this movie, okay? Because um, like headline after headline after headline on how this movie that wasn't expected to do well 
is taking the nation by storm. It's been in the top five. I think last week it was even in the top three movies nationwide. And it's not in every theater in America. Mm -hmm. It's in a limited release theaters. Uh, It probably will leave theaters next week. So if you want to see it, get out and see it this week in theaters. Great movie to support. Great message. What were your takeaways? Um, To me, even as a person that is pro-life, I was very shocked by some of the things that I learned. I think there's a lot of new information. I won't give it yeah, don't give it away. You because then you won't go see the movie, which you should. You know, it's worth it. I go on Tuesday, so it's like $7. Yeah, half price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there was a lot of things that I didn't know. And even a person who somewhat follows Abby Johnson and, you know, I'm like a member live action. If you don't know what that is, check it out. Um, <laughs> you know, I follow. It's like, a nonprofit, so we're yeah. allowed to promo it. Mm-hmm. I follow, you know, different people on Instagram who are, you know, pro life, pro adoption, pro foster, pro all that stuff yep. that we need. Um, there was a lot of information that I didn't know that was presented in the movie, and I thought that it was a good movie because it depicted both sides. Yes, that was. There were two. Two things, well actually pr- three things. One, um, from my perspective, is uh, it is rated R, and it is there is some graphic, disturbing imagery. Um, but when but you it's, say, I, I, it's not rated R in the sense that most people would think of an R-rated movie. But if you think about abortion and different issues with abortion, well, uh, my point being, I wouldn't take your kids that are like under twelve to see it probably, mm-hmm. and I would see it before you take your kids to see it because you're going to know where your kids are at. You may have a 14-year-old that isn't ready for this movie or you may have a 12-year-old that is. I'm just saying the rating, I I wouldn't think that for an adult it needs to be rated R. Does that make sense? But I think for kids... Yeah, but that's what the rating system is for. Really. I know, I know, it should but be, I mean, it at should max, be PG thirteen. PG thirteen. But when max. you look at what movies are rated PG thirteen, I would say there's a little more mm-hmm. information being Spread shown. Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, maybe see it before you take your your younger teens to see and, it. And you know, I Wait, I didn't get to say my three takeaways. Okay, go ahead. All right. Go then ahead. my second one was going off of what you said. I just wanted to give that caveat in there for the parents that are thinking about <laughs> taking their whole family. I'm just saying, you know, probably don't take your 6-year-old. <laughs> this is where I'm going with this. Um the tears. Yeah. Um but the way that it presented both sides, I really appreciated that because I think sometimes when it comes to the conversation of of abortion and the pro-choice side and the pro-life side, I think both sides have a tendency to not recognize that each side is legitimately trying to do what they believe is right and what is best. Mm-hmm. And I thought the movie very was very compelling in showing that neither side is doing this necessarily out of like hatred or out of a desire to, you know, murder a baby or to uh whatever. It's people that are trying to do what they think is best. We know that one of those things, one of those perspectives is completely wrong. But they're still operating out of their mindset and the worldview of we think that this is a good thing. It's not, but that's the that's the worldview. And then third, my third thing was like you said, I was I was surprised um, as someone who is very pro life and who has studied out this issue in depth. There were still things in there that I was like, oh wow, I didn't even I didn't even realize that that's how that happened. Happened. Um, and it's 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 very compelling, very disturbing like you you know what abortion is and obviously the murder of a child is disturbing but when you see it portrayed it just really is like see but i that's one that's one place where i kind of um differ with you because i think because you don't have a heart no 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 you said (laughs) because you weren't moved by the movie no 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 no. i (laughs) no not the whole thing The, the where i differ with you is you said because we know what abortion is, and, but that's the thing that I. Oh, you think we with. don't know what abortion I is as a society? That's that's sure. the key. I think that our society just has no idea. We really don't. And the yeah. thing about it is, the reason that people are so against this movie is because they want people to be left in the dark. Because they they think anti-abortion is some. It's like an antiseptic. That's what they think it is. Yeah. And I don't think. And that you can't watch this movie. 
and, and not and know that. what abortion is. Yeah, and the thing about it is, like, I have talked to different pro-choice people, and the thing, when you actually talk through it, the only defense that they have, when you talk about the actual science of what it is, right? When you talk mm-hmm. about, and I don't want to say fetal development, when you talk about infant development, yeah. They're like, uh, I, I don't believe that. I don't like that. I don't know. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. And then the thing about it is it's so funny because they can't face that reality in their mind. Like mm-hmm. the mental disconnect that was there before. Now they're faced with a reality. They're like, no, no, but that's not what it is. No, no, that's not it. Yes. Look, this is what. No. And that's essentially the premise of the whole movie mm-hmm. is you think it's this. That's not, not what it that's is. That's not what it is. And so it's really, really compelling. And that's yeah. how they're able to demonstrate both sides. Mm-hmm. Because it is a showing of, this is what we think is happening. Here's what's actually yeah. the reality. And I think that, and I was talking to you and someone else before, that I think that it is a winning issue among Americans. And it's becoming yes. much, much, much more of a winning yep. issue as more, the more that science progresses, you're going to have to literally shut your eyes and just say, my body, my choice, my body, my choice, my body, my choice. And totally na- deny the fact that it's not your body, right? right. You're going to have to 100% completely deny the scientific reality that everyone knows. Everyone that says my body, my choice knows that it is not their body, right? right? They know mentally that it's not their body because they know that it's a completely different set of DNA. Mm-hmm. They know that, but they can't put the two and two to they can't put both of those pieces of information together, the fact that something is in your body can be in your body and not your body. Yeah. Right? They can't put those two things together mm-hmm. or else they'd have to abdicate their position, which they don't want to do. And so they will deny science. They'll deny science. And the thing about it is like if you're a Christian, which I hope you are, um, if you're not, you can go on experienceliberty.com <laughs> and click on how can I know for sure I'm on the way to heaven. But if you are a Christian, if you're talking to a non-Christian, it doesn't have to be even a Christian debate. It right. doesn't have to be because God said, right? Right. Because the thing about God is that God created created the world so that so to convince us right god didn't make a whole bunch of well he made adam who was i mean with god but after the fall (laughs) right (laughs) after the fall we all had that you know um trigger in us that once we got to that age of accountability that we realized that we were sinner and so we uh, we have that curse in us right Yeah. yeah and so God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to convince the world of sin, righteousness, of judgment, right? So God created everything that he created to convince people who did not believe, not to convince people that already believed. So for putting this back to abortion, right, we can use arguments that are for people who do not believe by looking at the science Science. that God himself has created. So you may think, I don't want to use an argument that's non-Christian. The fact that you're using science is a Christian argument because that's what God created, right? So you don't literally have to say God. You just show the handiwork of God, and you are using that argument. Because I I don't think that you're going to run across very many people who would actually look at the development of an infant, look at fingers, look at toes, look at eyeballs, and say... Nope. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a not a body. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. And this movie, fantastic. If you have not seen it yet, you need to see it. It is, it is gut wrenching. Um, you will cry if you have a heart. I didn't cry. I, I, I have a. I have a heart. I didn't I cry. I don't see it anywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Some people don't cry. I cry in dog movies and I unplanned. Know. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's I a true story. It's already it is, happened. It's a true story. And if it's story. not a true story, it's not real. Okay. 
go see the movie. That's all you need to know. Go see the movie. Take a friend. Take your family. We, this is a message that America needs right now. It will not be in theaters for much longer. Friends. Yeah, take your pro-choice friends. Take your pro, pro take everyone. There is no one that you know that shouldn't see this movie unless, like I said, it would be too much for them because they're, you know, five. Yeah, or if they don't have $7 on a Tuesday. <laughs> or that. Then you just pay for them to go. Um, if you, if what if you, you don't can have $14 afford that. on a Tuesday? All right, we have, <laughs> we have to wrap this up. We're running over time. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate all of you listening. Renita, thank you for being with us today. Welcome. You can find this and past episodes of The Frittle Show by checking us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. Give us a review. Search the Frittle Show. Yeah, you can review. Five stars only, please. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place on KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas.